One of my favorite books is Jim Collins' Good to Great, a book about what separates great companies from good ones. Collins' book focuses on organizations, so what about leaders? What separates a great assistant principal from a good one? If you aren't at the level of leadership you'd like to be, how do you get to being awesome? Today's guest will help us take a few important steps on that journey down the road to awesome. Hello, colleagues, and welcome to the Assistant Principal Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Frederick Buskey. We are all on a leadership journey. Every day, we have a chance to grow. Every day, we have a chance to help others grow. My goal and the goal of this podcast is to help you grow into being a strategic leader, a leader who puts people before purpose, who solves problems instead of treating symptoms, and who understands the difference between progress and action. Through this podcast, my daily email and virtual programs, I'm working to build a network of inspired and inspiring school leaders. Let's get started on today's adventure and this unique opportunity to learn to live and lead better. Darren Peppard is an author, publisher, speaker, and consultant focused on what matters most in leadership. Darren's an expert in school culture and climate, as well as coaching and growing emerging leaders. In 2016, Darren was named Wyoming's Secondary School Principal of the Year by WASSP and NASSP, and was the 2015 Jostens Renaissance Educator of the Year. And then in 2017, Darren earned his doctorate degree in educational leadership from the University of Wyoming. This past summer, Darren was inducted into the Jostens Renaissance Hall of Fame. As a recovering high school principal, Darren talks about lessons learned and effective strategies to help leaders of all experience levels become more effective at their craft. Welcome to the show, Darren. Hey, good morning. We always like to start with a celebration. So what are you celebrating today? Oh, you know, that's a really wonderful question. Um, I will tell you, uh, we're celebrating we're celebrating a beautiful month uh, with a lot of family coming to visit. Uh, both my wife's parents and and my own and my parents will be coming to visit us uh, almost in back to back timing, and you know that's coming just right around the corner. And we're celebrating the opportunity to spend time with family. That's so that's so critical. Thank you. Is there a story that will help listeners understand why you do what you do? Oh man, <laughs> there's, there's probably a handful. Um, I, I guess I'll tell you this one. Um, I'll focus primarily on, on the work that I do with the coaching and consulting with leadership teams and with individual leaders. Um, it, in my career, I've been everything from a middle school and then a high school teacher to AP principal and superintendent. And when I transitioned from being an, as being an assistant principal to being the building level principal, it was in the same building. Um, it honestly, it was 40 feet from my AP office to the principal's office. And that first year as a principal, man, I, I was underwater. I think, um, 
to say I was breathing through a snorkel probably wouldn't be fair because I was probably in scuba gear most of the time. I just <laughs> couldn't get my head above water. And my second year, I believe it was my second year, we we got a new superintendent. Uh, the superintendent that had hired me for that role retired. And the new person that came in um, really had had never been a teacher. He'd never been a principal. He found his way into education through the business world. And so he was somebody who believed very strongly in leadership coaching. And I mean, one of the things he brought to the table was we will hire leadership coaches for all of our building level and district level administrators. Many felt that that was not necessary or, you know, that's not money we should be spending. I was like, please, please, I need help. I'm drowning over here. And I ended up working with someone who was a middle school principal in Colorado. I was, uh, my principalship was in Wyoming and he completely changed the course of my career. Um, I went from a guy who was underwater to a guy who could actually be a leader. And um, it was really exciting to, to have him in my building, um, you know, on, on a regular basis, providing guidance and direction and feedback and, and most importantly, like non-evaluative feedback, you know, just genuine, genuine coaching. Um, the first time he came to my to my school, I'll tell you this real quick, and then uh, I'll I'll cut the sh the story off. But the first time he came to my school, we met in the parking lot at you know, like seven thirty. You know, school starts at eight o'clock, and from the time we walked from the parking lot to my office. I think I'd had seven or eight teachers stop me needing something. I had three or four students stop needing something. My secretary was, as I got to my office saying, Darren, I need to talk to you about this. You've got an angry group of parents out front. And my pushpin board, you know, right outside of my office was littered with notes. Um, we, we call that in school leadership Monday. <laughs> That's what it was. That was just a Monday. Um, but after everything got settled and taken care of, and they convinced the angry mob of parents who were angry about something happening in our physics class to meet with one of my assistant principals, I turned around and my coach isn't even there. And asked my secretary, like, Marilyn, where in the world is Tom? And she's like, he's in room 318. He said, grab a notepad and get yourself down there. So I went down there and he's doing walkthroughs. And you know, we stayed in the room for a little bit and we stepped out in the hallway and he's like, okay, what'd you see? And I'm like, are you serious, dude? What did I see? I mean, I'm running around like, like my hair is on fire. No, no pun intended. You guys can't see me. I have no hair. Um, but he's like, Darren, this is the work that's important. You know, you've got to stop being a firefighter and you got to start being a leader. And because of that, I mean, I changed my dissertation topic. I was going to be focused on um, technology integration in the classroom. And I ended up shifting my, my uh, dissertation topic to get an idea. Was I the only one who felt totally unprepared as a principal? Uh, <laughs> spoiler alert, I wasn't. Um, <laughs> but because of that, that leadership coaching experience um, and how it transformed me, I mean, I, again, I was underwater to... Three years later, I was a state principal of the year, and our, our school just made these massive, massive improvements and, and so forth. I really feel like it's that that led me to, to who I am. Um, Rory Vaden said once, 
we are uniquely positioned to help the person we once were. And that's who I want to help. Um, Cause I know what it felt like. And I knew what it felt like when I stopped being the firefighter and actually could lead my school. So there there's the, I guess that's probably the best story to, to summarize why I do what I do. Oh, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Darren, I found your podcast back in January, 2023 and have become a devoted listener on the oh, road to you. awesome podcast. You inspire us not only to be better leaders, but to be better humans. And it's that soulfulness that you bring to every episode that really inspired me to reach out to you and ask you to be a guest on this show. So I've been looking forward for this to this conversation for a while. You ready to jump in? Yeah, let's do it, man. Okay. In episode 100 of the Assistant Principal Podcast, I asked my mentor, Dr. Jan Osborne, what he thought about putting people before purpose. And Jan said, without people, there is no purpose. So can we begin with you sharing about your own road to awesome and specifically yeah. some of the key events that led you to really be such a human-centric leader? Yeah, I appreciate that. And thank you for, for mentioning the podcast. Um, so this, I guess, is actually the other story that I would have would have chosen. So this is perfect. Um, when I when I first became an assistant principal, um, I was, again, at the high school level, and I was in charge of discipline and attendance. Um, this is the point where people should feel sorry for me. And, <laughs> you know, we had a school of, you know, maybe 1,100 kids. Um, I did over 2,000 discipline referrals my first year. And everything that we were about at that school without realizing it was catching people doing things wrong. Mm -hmm. And we were good at it, man. I mean, we were really good at it. You know, I, I remember asking, you know, my staff, you know, you, you'll remember this, you know, you go through your master's program, you're, you know, you're getting your, your credentials to be, you know, to be a school level leader and they teach you to be a servant leader. And that's what I wanted. I wanted to be a servant leader. And but I heard things from my teachers when I asked them, you know, how can I help? How can I, you know, be the best person for you? It was, you know, just make them sit down and shut up. And, you know, I had, had one teacher who who said, and it was in her syllabus too, which it was my job to approve uh, the course syllabus too, was <laughs> I have the big desk, you have the little desk, don't forget it. And that was our culture. I and mean, honestly, it was kind of toxic. And we're in a staff meeting one day partway through that year, and we're trying to solve what we thought were the two most important things in education. You know, what do you do about hats? What do you do about cell phones? And somebody mercifully raised their hand and said, Darren, why does it always have to be about what they do wrong? Why, why can't it be about what they do right? And for me, that was like a bolt of lightning that that struck me. And upon reflection, honestly, that's that's for me where two roads diverged. And the road that I was on was punishment to gain compliance. And, you know, we will hammer you until, until you submit. That's just wrong. So the other road, which now I refer to as the road to awesome, that road less traveled is about focusing on what they do right. And you can't do that if you don't change what you're looking for. Um, you know, I was looking for all the things people were doing wrong. And, you know, I'd start my school day, uh, drop my bag, grab my coffee, and I was off, you know, to points unknown, looking to catch kids doing things wrong before the school day even started. After that, after that conversation, 
I started asking myself, man, you know, if 90% of our kids come in the front door, why shouldn't I be at the front door greeting them? You know, if, if 90% of our buses drop off at the front door, which they did, why shouldn't I be there greeting the bus drivers? If parents drop off there, why shouldn't I be greeting the parents? Why not me? I, I can't change what other people do. I have no control over that, but I do have control over how I choose to show up. And so I chose to show up differently. I'm going to be the guy at the front door. I'm going to be the guy high-fiving people and um, and that type of thing. And that really, I think that really helped me get my bearings, you know, and, and realize that, you know, it's, it's not about the data. It's not about the discipline referrals. It's certainly not about punishment to gain compliance. It's, it's about people, you know, I mean, we are in the people business and we tend to forget that. Um, you know, it's you and I were talking before we hit record about some other things and, and I ended up going there too. It's all about relationships. You know, when, when you build those relationships, uh, it's amazing what happens, you know, people are going to do so much more for, for someone that they know sees them and hears them and values them and trusts them than someone who is just simply looking to catch them doing the wrong thing. So I think that's really what it goes back to for me. And, you know, I, when we're recording this, it's uh, the end of teacher appreciation week. And like so many, you know, educators, I posted on my Facebook page, I stole it from somebody, you know, one of those, if I ever taught you, you know, reply and tell me what you're up to. And, um, you know, hundreds of replies in there, but I saw one this morning from a young lady who I didn't have her as a student, but I was her principal mm -hmm. and, I just read it a few minutes ago, and this I think this really encapsulates it. Um, the young lady's name is Shelby, and what she said was, you know, I didn't have you as a teacher, but you were my principal. And honestly, some days, the only thing I had to look forward to was getting a high five from you. And when we, when we remember that we're about people, man, the rest of it takes care of itself. Yeah, yeah it does. I like to think of it as, you know, um, there was a, do you remember the Hagar, the horrible, it's an old cartoon, oh, yeah. right? The Viking. And he's, he's sitting at the, at the bar with another Viking. And, and he said, you know, I used to think that I was going to go out and set the world on fire. And the other Viking says, what happened? And he said, I burned up all my matches. And, yeah. and so I think about in some ways our job as leaders is not to light fire to people. It's to give them matches so that they can go light their own. Oh, I like that. Yeah. And, and I love what, what you were saying about that. Every time we come in, if somebody comes into our orbit, the kid coming in the front door, that high five was a match. You were giving that kid a yeah. match, you know, and maybe they needed one match from you every day to make it through. I did. That's the thing that has really, I think, maybe pushed me more into the human relationship approach because I was always a task-driven person. And I, mean, I love my kids. I would go through a brick wall for my kids, but I was task-driven. I was going to get stuff focused off. I focused. I was going to get stuff done. Um, I didn't pay enough attention to the people around me. And it's taken me a long, long time to get to that point where 
I can just say, well, I had a conversation and interaction with somebody today. I had a human connection. It was a great day because that's, that's what it, that's what it's about. It's taken a long, long time. <laughs> so, so well, there's, you know, but, that's, yeah, I mean, that's, that's really what, what our work is truly about. And, and the task piece, especially for assistant principals, man, that's, that's typically what, what happens, right? It's like you get a job description and and it's, you know, you're going to, like I just said, Hey, I'm in charge of discipline and attendance. My other AP role, I was in charge of curriculum, instruction and special programs. And, you know, so, Hey, developing professional development, that's my job. That's what I'm going to focus on. Well, those are the, those are the pieces in the job description, but I mean, our work, whether we're a classroom teacher, an AP principal, superintendent, whatever bus driver, I mean, our job is to take a little person and make them a little bit better little person in, in a nine month period of time. And you don't do that with calculus or with third grade or with physical education. You do it with a relationship, you know, I mean, yeah, that might be the medium that you use. You know, I used, you know, biology and anatomy and physiology as a, as a science teacher, but it was about relationships. You know, all those posts I mentioned, nobody said, you know, man, that was a riveting lecture that you gave on the electron <laughs> transport chain. Man, I'll never forget it. You know, <laughs> but you know what? They always they remember how you make them feel, and that's you know the the ones who are doing it right focus on people rather than content. So I know there's a lot of assistant principals and and other school leaders out there listening to this and saying yes. That's easy to say, but how do we actually do that? Because that right. assistant principal role is to a large extent kind of designed and boxed in by tasks. So as I'm going yeah. through my day and working on the schedules and doing the discipline and arranging the test materials and all that stuff, how, how do I stay people focused? How do I remember to not just walk by that teacher's classroom, but to actually stop and have that interaction and take advantage of a moment. How do I do that? Well, it's, I think it's, it's two pieces and you're absolutely right. It's, it's easy to, easy to say that it's a different thing to actually go in and do it because as, as an assistant principal, you are a firefighter, you know, I mean, the, the building level principal delegates those things. So they're not the firefighter. Um, so, it's easy to say, hey, I'll just put it on my calendar, but sometimes the calendar kind of takes a back seat. You know, it just, it just unfortunately has to. So I would tell you that it's really two things. I think number one, it starts with clarity. You know, be very clear about what you value, about what's truly important to you. And if you're not sure, look at your calendar, look back at the last, you know, three, five, seven months, whatever that's on your calendar. What are the things that are on there? Because whether you say, well, I really value being, you know, in the classroom with teachers. If your calendar doesn't reflect that, you can say it, but that's not what you're actually telling others. So it, by getting clear, that allows you to then, number two, be intentional. Be intentional with your time, be intentional with your actions, with your with your words. And that I think is one of the most important things. Now, you know, hey, when I was in charge of discipline and attendance, could I, you know, block three or four different times a, a day on my calendar to be in classrooms? No. 
be realistic with your time. You know, if you know that a bulk of your day is triage because you are in charge of discipline and tenants, that's fine. But put small chunks of time, especially early in the day when you can go and be in those classrooms, when you can go and be in the hallway with your students. You know, to me, the hallway was like the most important place. Um, we, uh, in, the, in the building that I was in, when I first got there, there was no place for a person to sit down that wasn't a classroom, the library, or the cafeteria. So kids just sat everywhere on the floor in the hallways. And I, I hated it. I'm like, holy cow, we want our kids to act like adults and this is how we treat them. Um, my, uh, my maintenance crew, uh, that summer we got a brand new gym. So they tore out the old wood bleachers, the floor and all this kind of stuff. And the maintenance guys said something to me. They're like, hey, you know, we know you hate this. We've got all this wood from the bleachers. What if we, what if we make benches? And they did. They set out to making benches. And over the course of two to three years, there wasn't a place in that building that didn't have a bench right there in the hallways. So I would be intentional about just go sit on a bench. You take your computer with you. Now they've got those rolling, you know, like computer desks. You know, man, I should have invented that because I would have loved to have something like that. I just took my laptop and sat in the hallway and, you know, it's amazing when when you're out there, you can still do your work, but people will come and sit with you. You know, kids will come and sit down. Your staff will come and sit down. And that's how you get reconnected with that that human connection is, you know, hey, here's an opportunity to have a conversation. But but you've got to be clear about what you care about and you got to be intentional with your time and with your presence, you know, be in the hallways, be in the classrooms, you know, and put that on your calendar so you hold yourself to it. There's so much, there's so much great stuff to unpack there. And I love starting with clarity of values and then how you linked to, it's not the values you espouse, it's the values that you live. And yeah. I have this framework I call the three epiphanies. And the first epiphany is you can't do everything. The list of tasks and all of the stuff that you have to do, you, you can't, yeah. you can't do it all. Right. And, and therefore, if you can't do it all, that means you actually have choice and and you choose or you have the opportunity to choose what gets done and what doesn't get done and and one of our challenges i think is to recognize where that choice is because we get we fall into the urgent zone and we're driven by what's urgent as opposed to what's important and so we we default the choice to urgency instead of importance and then that leads to that third epiphany which is your choices reflect your values and and that can be really that can be really hard. <laughs> yeah. If you haven't followed yeah. through. And, and that's I've tried to embrace that myself um, and just try to really catch myself when I say I don't have time. I don't have time to practice the guitar or I didn't have time. No, that's not true. You had time. You just didn't make it a priority. You chose to do other things with that time. And and that connects to that other point that you made that. You don't have to get into a classroom for 20 minutes to make a difference with a teacher, to connect with a teacher, to support a teacher, to help them reflect. And, and I think a lot of new APs especially think, well, to be that servant, I have to give them advice. I have to tell them something to grow. Like, No, you can just, just say, hey, how did that lesson go? And then just be quiet and let them tell you. And you just gave them a gift. Oh, that is so, so huge right there. And probably the most overlooked 
and most important skill in leadership. And I think this is one of the things that separates good from great is listening. You know, you've got to listen to people and not just listen to respond. You know, I, I see that uh, quite often. And, and to me, it's one of those things that is, um, I guess we'll say, you know, a bit of a limitation in folks. Um, they think, like like you referred to uh, in your second epiphany, they think they have to be everything to everybody and they have to do everything. I call it Superman syndrome, um, but you can't be, you know, uh, you can't be the one who's, you know, being everything to everybody. But what you can be is somebody who listens. You know, you you don't have to solve their problems. You just listen. Um, it, it, it takes me back to a, a, a time when I was a superintendent. I had a staff member who had reached out and, you know, hey, Darren, I need to meet with you. Um, you know, when when can I come see you? And I'm like, okay, first off, you tell me when when you're available and I'll come to you. Um, there, there's a quick tip, by the way, uh, for, for leaders. Their time is more valuable than yours go to them when, when you're meeting with them, unless it's like a heavy personnel issue, then you do it in your room. But um, I went and sat down with this teacher and all it was, was she needed to take an extra day off around a holiday and only the superintendent could approve those. Okay. Yeah, cool. Absolutely. You can have that time, but it was what happened next. And, and I did exactly what you just said. I just said, you know, how you doing? And wow, here it came. You know, she just, you know, the tears were flowing and she had, you know, two super high needs kids in, in her classroom together. She's an elementary teacher. Um, just here it is. <laughs> when we finished, I'm like, you know, how, how can I help? And she said this, just exactly what you just did. Just come listen to me. I don't want you to solve my problem. I don't expect you to have the answer, but man, just come and listen to me. You know, when, when we listen with that kind of intent, man, that, that's a game changer right there. And again, I think that's what separates, you know, good leaders from great leaders is the great leaders just, just listen. And it's hard. And I think it's yes. hard for a couple reasons, because we think that our value lies in what we, what we contribute what the answers and things that we give. And so that's a message. I'm glad you're saying this. We're maybe together, we can change a few minds. Like the value yeah. is in giving somebody the space. And it, and ironically, as soon as we start talking, we are now shifting the conversations back to ourselves, even if that's not our intent. And, and so our advice sometimes actually devalues the presence that we just gave. That is huge right there. And I think even when we do speak, instead of giving advice, and and this is this is the same thing too, when you know, when you and I are are coaching and supporting leaders, it's not telling them what they should do. It's asking, you know, well, you know, what might you want to do in this situation? Um I, my <laughs> my APs and then ultimately, you know, my principals and APs when I was a superintendent, uh, in both in both locations. It, it had become kind of a joke. Uh, they would they would say, and Darren, I've got a question for you, and I look forward to the question you answer it with. <laughs> because, <laughs> you know, you know, someone would come with, you know, okay, here, you know, here's what's going on. This is what I have. And my response would be, what might you want to do with that? You know, what are you thinking you'd like to do? You know, what might be some of your options? You know, yeah, I can tell you, hey, when I was in your spot, that's what I, you know, 
if I had that kind of situation, this is what I would do. And if they asked for that, I would give that to them. But, you know, there's so much power in valuing another person. Like you said, you know, when, you know, when your teachers are struggling, don't tell them what to do, ask them, you know, you know, what have you tried? You know, what, what are you thinking you'd like to do? Or like you mentioned with a lesson, you know, how do you feel the lesson went? You know, what are some things if you, you know, when you do it again, how, how are you going to do it differently? Or just, yeah, ask good questions. That's also a part of being a great listener is asking good questions. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I like to teach the, we have a five minute coaching format that I promote, which again, fits right into what we've been talking about. You don't have an hour, but you might have five minutes and it's just, Hey, I heard you did this lesson. Tell me what went well. So now we're starting on that positive and they can think about it. And then I think the best question is the second one, which is, did anything surprise you? Surprise you? And I love when you ask teachers that question, they always, they pause, they look up and you can see them right. running the lesson, right? Running the film of the lesson. And sometimes it's no, everything went smooth, but sometimes it's, well, you know, and, and that's when they're digging deep and they're reflecting and teachers don't usually have time or opportunity to reflect. They're too busy. And so by that moment of presence, three minutes, five minutes, and we ask them that question and they start thinking, and now we've, we've provided the value. We don't need yeah. to say anything. <laughs> we did it. Yeah. So, well, again, I think, you know, this is true with kids and this is true with, with adults, you know, everybody wants to feel seen. Everybody wants to feel heard. Everybody wants to feel valued and everybody wants to feel trusted. And you don't do that with the words you say, you do that with your presence. You do that with how you listen to them. You know, it's, that's, that's what really, you know, great leadership is about not always having the answers. I mean, let, let's, let's be honest. I mean, there are times I, I like to look at it as, as three different positions. I, I talked about this in my latest book. We, we will lead from the front, we will lead from the middle, and we will lead from the back. And when we're really, really dialed in as leaders, we understand which of those positions we need to be in the most. And the truth is leading from the middle and leading from the back are where 90% of your time should be spent as a leader. When you're spending time having those five-minute conversations with teachers, you're leading from the back. You know, you're just supporting them. You're there to listen give advice if they ask, but you're lifting them up and supporting them. And, you know, yeah, you're going to have moments of crisis and moments where, you know, it really amps up and that's when you lead from the front. But if you're spending most of your time in the middle, like with them or at the back where you're just supporting them, that's when you're really doing it right. And that's, that goes back to why clarity and intention and intentionality are so important it's hard to figure out where I need to be positioned as a leader if I don't know what I really value, what's really important to me. And I could riff on that for an hour. I'll, yeah. I'll stop there. But. <laughs> Luckily, there's no limitation on the number of podcast episodes that we can do. Oh, there you go. So, so we'll schedule the next one. So There you go. I think this episode is going to come out mid to late July, maybe August. And, and so okay. leaders are hopefully getting a little bit of a refresher and, and let's think about all the new teachers that are coming into buildings. And so I'm that assistant principal. I've been listening to this podcast. I'm thinking, okay, presence, that's really important. How, 
how do I bring my presence to those new teachers? Do they need, do they need me in a different form? Do they need me to show up in a certain way to, to support them? You know, I think to an extent that's, that's absolutely a yes, but every new teacher is going to be in a little bit different place. I mean, you know, we, we want as leaders, we want our teachers to meet our kids where they are. We have to do the same thing with, with our teachers. And I think, especially with new teachers, our presence is more frequently hopping into the classroom just, just to see how things are going. But it's also that more frequent communication, you know, with exactly what we've been talking about the last few minutes, just asking questions, you know, how, how can I help? How can I support you? You know, we, we've talked a lot about being in the classrooms. I would tell you, especially with the new teachers, be in the classroom when they don't have kids, you know, pop in on their prep and just how are things going? You know, again, this is that relationship piece, right? That's when you build those relationships and learning, learning more about them, learning about their, you know, their life, their family. When you build that relationship, you'll figure out and they'll tell you what it is they really need. Um, but if you don't do that, it could feel to that new teacher like, wow, they're always in here watching me. You know, you got to be clear about your purpose for, for being there. Don't just keep showing up and then not give them any feedback or something like that. You know, let them know, hey, I'm here to support you. I want you to be successful. I want to help you, you know, through that first year. We all remember being a first year teacher. You know, we all remember, you know, first times for for all the things, first time as a AP principal, that kind of thing. But man, that first year as a teacher, it'll go by in a blur and you discover, at least I did, I don't know, maybe you didn't, but, but for me, I discovered they didn't teach me anything about how to really be a teacher in college. <laughs> I mean, I really don't feel like I, I learned what I needed when they handed me the keys and said, good luck, you know? So spend that time in the classroom both when there are kids and when there aren't kids so that you can form a relationship with those new teachers, help them feel like they're part of the school um, and let them know that, that you're really there to support them and to help them out. I think that's the most important piece. And that's something that should go on the calendar. You know, I, if, if I'm supervising three new teachers, I better put it on my calendar to at least once, if not twice a week, go pop into their classroom for just a couple of minutes. Yeah, I think that's critical. And I love your point about when when kids are not in the classroom. And I I have this thing called asking the second question. And and so when you go in that classroom and say, Hey, how are you doing? Right. What's the stock answer? Oh, I'm fine. It's all it's I'm all fine. good. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, I'm <laughs> fine. Ask the question <laughs> again. <laughs> I was I was coaching a first year principal and went in. I said, well, how are you doing? She said, oh, it's, it's all good. And I said, okay, really, how are you doing? And she started crying. And, and it's, um, if we just listen, <laughs> going back to the same place, right? If we listen and then we can give that signal by asking the second question, like, no, I'm not just asking this to be polite, right? I really want to know, how are you? And I think that's, probably important and you modeled that but that's important with those beginning teachers because they know what the answer is supposed to be right oh it's all good i got my lessons planned kids are kids are fine 
they don't know yeah. if they can be vulnerable with you, but when you ask them that second time, then they know that you want the real answer, which means you care. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, you know, they'll, they'll see through it if, if you're being phony about it, but if, if you're being authentic and genuine and asking that second question, yeah, that's when, that's when you'll kind of see that wall come down a little bit because I mean, nobody wants to admit that they're struggling, right? But man, we all struggle at times, you know, even the very best classroom teacher, the very best principal, the very best AP, they still have times when they struggle, you know, but if you have somebody that you know you can lean on that, you know, that you can have that conversation with and be vulnerable and say, wow, this is really kicking my butt right now. And, you know, maybe you don't have the answer. That's okay. You know, don't fall into the trap of thinking you have to have all the answers. But like we talked earlier, be willing to listen, you know, and ask good questions. They'll know that they're, that you're really there to support them. And that's, you know, I, I'm a big culture and climate guy. And that is a huge piece of, of the culture and the climate of our school is just everybody knowing, Hey, you know, I'm really here to support you. You know, it, I, I hear this a lot with schools, but there's, there's a separator from, yeah, sure you are. And you really are. And that's, oh, we're, you know, we're a family, you know, our school is a family. Okay. You know, not, not every family is perfect all the time. Right. So are you, are you really a family? Are you really there to support each other? Or is that just something you say comes back to your actions, you know, be there and really be willing to support. Yeah. So we're gearing up for another school year and you and I've talked a lot about presence and clarity of purpose. What what are one to three things that our school leaders or assistant principals, instructional coaches, principals, one to three things that they can really pin into their brains that as the school year starts, they're going to almost daily take these actions. What are a couple of things that they need to be doing each day to build this culture and have these connections that we're talking about? Yeah, I think, I mean, it's stuff that we've already talked about, but um, it's really important to be present. Um, you know, I, I wrote a blog post um, not too long ago, um, specific for, you know, for new principals. And in there, uh, what I wrote about was being, you know, being present in the classrooms, in the hallways, at lunch, those types of things. And somebody messaged me back, a direct message, and said, well, this all sounds great, but what if something goes wrong in the office? Well, I don't know. What what if it doesn't? You know, be willing to to really be present. You know, don't don't let the fear of what if like keep you or give you an excuse to not be in the hallways and to be in classrooms. You know, if as a leader, then one of the bigger jobs that you have is to make a difference in students' education. You don't do that from your office. You just don't, you know, you do that actually being in with, with teachers. So be very intentional with your presence, you know, and be present with your presence. And by that, I mean this, um, don't just be in the room, in the back of the room, working on your email, actually be present in the classroom. Um, one of the best principals I've ever worked with actually was the high school principal where I was superintendent and what Liz would do every time she was in a classroom 
was she would ask two questions. She always asked one question of a student and one question of the teacher. And one, I know she was trying to model really just that, that mindset of being inquisitive. And two, she was modeling just being engaged. You know, she was learning every single day. Um, her presence, man, I, I, she's one of the very best I've ever been around for, for really being present. You know, she didn't take her computer in with her. She didn't sit in the back and answer emails. You know, it's not about being in the room. It's about being in the room and being there with your kids and your teachers. So presence is absolutely huge. Second thing I would say, and, and this, this is another one, we probably do a whole episode on this, but be very intentional with the relationship you have with your administrative assistant or secretary or whatever title that person has, because they can be your gatekeeper. They can be the one who keeps you focused. I'm as far from type A as a person can be. Um, my office was arranged in piles. Probably people would come in and go, oh my God, what is going on in here? Uh, my wife is type A. Every time she you know, would, would like if we went on the weekend or something, we went in my office, she was like, what are you doing here? Hey, I know where everything is in the piles. <laughs> That's my system. But having that that secretary this is something i learned from from my leadership coach as well was to really empower her um i mean like my email my calendar you know uh, we even had a system for when people needed me to to visit with them everything went through her you know most of the emails that i got that were not something i needed to answer she took care of it you know if it was you know a parent email about a about a teacher she was empowered to respond, have you spoken to the teacher yet? If the answer is no, boom, she sent it to the teacher. I didn't have to deal with it. We met once a day, at least, but she would fill me in. Okay, you know, this came up, this came up, I handled this, this is how I did this. Man, if you do that, whew, that will help you so much with your time management. And I mean, that's that's what those people can do. You know, that relationship that I had with Marilyn, my my secretary when I was principal, holy cow, it was incredible, you know, because I used to be the guy that when I would walk down the hallway and 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 new principals, new APs, you're going to get this too. As you walk down the hallway, every teacher is going to say, oh, hey, Darren, I need five minutes. Hey, Darren, can I talk to you? Hey, 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 I got a question for you. The system we worked out was, you know, hey, just shoot Marilyn an email. She'll get you on my calendar. I'll come to you. And that's what it was, you know. Hey Marilyn, I need five minutes with Darren. Oh, okay, he'll come. He'll come on your prep tomorrow. You know, at ten fifteen. Boom, done. You know, they were seen, they were heard, they were valued, they were trusted, and more importantly, now I'm going to come to them. So really empower that person. Um, and number three, and I, I'll say this a little bit selfishly, but also I think it's important, and I know you'll agree with this. Get a coach. Have somebody to support you. Um, you're going to have days, especially when you're new, whew, days that are going to try you and days when you will be breathing through the snorkel or you'll have the full scuba gear on. Having somebody who can support you in a non-evaluative way, somebody who will help you to get up on the balcony. We didn't get a chance to talk about balcony level leadership, but um, actually get up on the balcony and take a look at what are you doing? You know, how are you really spending your time? How are you really following through on the things you say you value? You know, back to what we talked about with uh, with 
looking backwards on your calendar, get up on that balcony and have that coach support you with how to, okay, how do I, how do I navigate this? Or how do I make sure that I am following through on the things that I want to follow through on? So that's three, I could probably give five or six more, but I think those three <laughs> are huge. Your presence big time. Um, Cause that ties back into relationships. It ties back into that, you know, being human centric, the, the relationship with your secretary or administrative assistant really empower them because man, they can make you look like a rock star or you on your own will not look like a rock star. Um, and then three, yeah, get somebody who can support you, a mentor, a coach, whether you pay for them or you don't pay for them. Um, coaching is not just for people who are struggling. Coaching, the highest performers have coaches. So there you go. That's what I got. Wow. That's fantastic. I love it. Thank you so much. So as we wrap up, I have a couple more questions for you. First, what part of your own leadership are you still trying to get better at? Oh man, that is such a great question. Um, I think I think the biggest thing for me is balcony level leadership. You know, now in in the space that I'm in as as an entrepreneur, as as somebody who you know coaches leaders and that kind of thing, I have to remind myself to step up on the balcony, uh, take a look at those three, four, five things that I really truly value, and make sure that I am continuing to to walk that walk it's 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 one thing to talk about those things but if i'm not living those values it's really really shallow of me to 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 coach and support others to do those things if i'm not doing them so um i actually have on one of one of the whiteboards here in my office right over there um you know balcony i just write the word balcony um <laughs> it's uh it's, I mean, it's, it's a, I'll just make it a very quick story. Um, that's something I learned from my, my leadership coach was, you know, you've got to check in on your own values. And I was a basketball coach, uh, when I was still in the classroom and, you know, your video, your video doesn't lie, you know, and that video is always shot from the balcony. And so I would actually, uh, go stand, um, in the balcony, uh, in our, you know, in our gymnasium and look down at the floor. And in my own mind's eye, I could see those six things that I was really, really focused on and felt that were like the things I truly value. And in my mind, I'm playing the tape. How am I doing here? How am I doing here? You know, and even to the point where my secretary knew that I would do it. And occasionally she would just put it right on my calendar, balcony. Mm. <laughs> Darren, you need to get over the balcony because you're getting too lost in the weeds. Get over on the balcony. And, um, so for me and my own leadership right now, it's making sure that I still set that time aside to check in on myself, uh, to reflect on where I am, where I'm going. And, you know, am I, am I walking the walk or am I just talking it? So I'd like people to find out a little bit more about what you do and like road to mm -hmm. awesome is just a great podcast. So after all you listeners, you're done listening to this one. If you don't already subscribe to Darren's podcast, make sure that you go over to Road to Awesome and, and dial that up because it's just so much and people just get, you have great guests on and then you're always making great contributions too. So Road to Awesome podcast, tell people what else you're doing. Yeah, definitely. I appreciate uh, appreciate you uh, mentioning the podcast. It is a Road to Awesome podcast. Uh, the title of the show is Leaning Into Leadership, but it is a Road to Awesome podcast. So you'll find it under either of those names uh, out there. 
Um, the other things, you know, I, I mentioned that I, I have a blog that I release every week. Um, uh, and that's, uh, that's also something you can find on our website. Everything really is at our website, which is road to awesome.net. Um, you know, I'm speaking and professional development is something that, uh, that I'm very passionate about. I love working in schools and working, um, you know, working with people and, and building relationships at conferences and, and that type of thing. And the big focus for me there is what we've talked about today, you know, clarity, being intentional. And for me, the number one thing that, that was that value that I was always looking at out of my six was culture and climate. So, uh, I really enjoy having that opportunity to work with and support, schools and leaders on building the right culture and climate for our schools. Um, you know, we, we have a tendency to, um, I guess, put, put a lot of things in place, you know, cause we, you know, we, we see our data and we're like, Oh, we need to, we need to do this cause this will help us here. And we invest in all these different programs and all that kind of stuff. But if we don't have the culture and the climate, that's, that's really ready to support that. We never get the biggest bang for our buck out of it. So um, that's that's a big thing for me uh, that I'm doing. Um, obviously, I'm I'm on social media all the time. So you know that's that's another easy way for people to just check out the work that I'm doing. Okay, excellent. And that's roadtoawesome.net for people that want to reach out yes. to you. Darren Peppard, we usually end by me asking, "What's one thing people?" what's one thing you want people to take away from today's show, but I want you to take us home by giving us your if listeners of your podcast. will know, will you give us a pep talk to take us home? Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm happy to do that. You know, um, especially because this, this episode is going to come out, you know, right in that time when we're starting to gear up towards a new school year. Um, yeah. The pep talk today is going to be about, focusing on taking care of yourself so that you can take care of others. Um, you know, one of the things that we tend to forget and that we tend to set aside is making sure that we are the healthiest person that we can be. And I don't just simply mean physically healthy. Um, it, it's been said lots of times that, you know, we can't pour into others' cups if our cups are empty. Um, but it's true. And we're seeing, you know, a real transition in the in the folks that we have in the workplace, especially our younger generation that is now coming in. They're going to need that support, but they're also going to want to balance their own life. We have to model that. We have to be the ones who, you know, whether it's setting time aside to to get to the gym or, you know, making sure that, you know, we're getting the rest that we need to, you know what, turn off the work phone when you get home. You know, I mean, if it's really, really a massive emergency, the people who need to get a hold of you know how to get a hold of you. But, you know, don't allow yourself to fall into the trap that I know I fell into quite often. And that's that work is so important that you always have to be plugged into work. Allow yourself to let your mind go enjoy time with your family, enjoy who you are, you know, and, you know, what, whatever it might be, whether that's hobbies or, or exercise or, you know, whatever the case may be, take care of yourself so that you can take care of others. So that's, that's your pep talk for today. Darren, thank you so much. This has been great. I really appreciate it. This has been an awesome conversation. We, I know we could go on for, for hours with this stuff.
All right. Hey, have a great rest of your day. Thanks, man. You too. Wow. I'm trying to decide how to conclude this episode. There are so many ideas and practical suggestions for being great, not good, but great school leaders. That said, it all comes back to relationships. So let's identify three things you can do to build better relationships. First, be present with your time and, and your attention. Second, seek people out and leverage short periods of time by asking the second question, how are you? No, really, how are you? Third, at the end of each week, get up on your balcony. Check yourself out. Are you clear on your mission? Are you practicing your values? Have you been present? And have you taken time to fill your own cup? The thing about presence is that it's so simple, yet often so difficult to execute. In the heat of the moment, that gravitational pull of urgency, it's always trying to take our time and our attention away from people and transfer it onto tasks. That's where the importance of coaching comes in. External coaches help you get onto that balcony regularly so you can check your presence. They offer those reminders that are critical in enacting presence consistently. If you're a principal, consider reaching out to Darren or another person like him. Get the external support. You're the CEO of a million dollar or more operation, so get the support you need and you deserve. If you're an assistant principal, that personal coach may not be in the budget, but a group mentoring program should be. If you're a first or second year AP, consider joining me and some experienced assistant principals in Apex Mentoring. Get the support to help you escape urgent and build relationships by being present. You can find out more by going to the website at frederickbuskey.com backslash mentoring. Well, if all's going according to plan, I will be stepping off my 270 mile hike through England's Penine Way. So if you have questions about Apex Mentoring or other questions or comments to share, please email mara at frederickbuskey.com. That's mara, M-A-R-A, at frederickbuskey.com, and she will take great care of you. Thank you for including me on your leadership journey. I look forward to seeing you again on Friday when we recap this week's daily emails, Pieces of Wisdom, numbers 16 through 20. I'm Frederick Buskey. Thank you again for joining me on this episode of the Assistant Principal Podcast. Remember to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And if you enjoy this episode, please share it with a friend. Cheers. <music>